Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Sport of Kings podcast. On this pod, we discuss the late pick five at Del Mar on Saturday, July 30th, 2022. This is show number 183, July 29th, 2022. I'm Scott Carson, founder of Sport of Kings, and I'm joined by my co-host, Hall of Fame handicapper, Chris Larmy. Chris, how's the summer going for you? Well, it's uh, this week has been the Pacific Northwest uh, turn to go in the oven. So we're having heat records fall left and right all week long. But I don't mind the heat that much as long as the air conditioning doesn't break down. <laughs> we, we went through it last week and it's been a, a cool in the in the upper 80s this week. So uh, so glad to be done with uh, that heat wave. Yeah, and uh, one thing nice about Del Mar is the weather is pretty reliable. It's usually not very hot, and it's usually dry, and you can kind of count on, um, you know, being on the turf and a fast track just about every single racing day, which is the the track we're going to cover this week. That is one thing I never have to do is check the weather at Del Mar. Yeah, so I've got I've got something different this week uh, to start things off. I it's I guess you could call it a poem. It's a poem about my contrib summarizing my contributions that'll be coming up on the pod. Are you ready for this? Uh, okay, drum roll, please. <laughs> okay, Senor Buscador, yes he can. How be it? Take me by the hand, and I will show you why he is one fast bro. <laughs> well, uh, I see that we have a few picks in common. That's all I can say. <laughs> Play in the Sport of Kings NHC qualifier starting every month. Each month, the top 50 players who are NHC Tour members advance to round two, which is Breeders' Cup weekend. In that final, 450 players will duke it out playing all 14 Breeders' Cup races. Two people will win a seat to the NHC, and the top 100 will get tour points. Join the NHC Tour before any monthly round one begins. If you join the tour, you could win up to 20 seats to the NHC in free contests. For only 50 bucks, it's the best deal in racing. If you sign up for the tour, use promo code SPORTOFKINGS so we get credit. If you haven't signed up for our free contest with free DRFPPs, go to sportofkings.net right now. Thank you and good luck. And we have a special returning guest. He's a fixture on the tournament circuit. He's qualified to the NHC 18 times. He finished second in the 2009 NHC, winning $150,000. He's Dennis DeCower. Dennis, glad to have you back. Hey, thanks. I'm glad to be back. Uh, always look forward to uh, 
to doing some some handicapping and having a lot of fun uh, analyzing the races with the two of you. So thanks for having me. Well, thanks for joining us. And um, let me just ask you, how's your Del Mar going so far? Uh, Del Mar has been okay. I'm kind of uh, holding my head above water. I've missed one or two opportunities for a really big score. I'm feeling relatively confident that it's not too far away. Um, there's the field sizes create some unbelievable opportunities, and whether it's whether it's horizontally with pick four, pick five, or or vertically with you know, I'm not much of a super effective player, but with trifectas or even exactas, there's uh, I, I think it's you know it's phenomenal. I think the field size the first weekend was a, averaged about ten and a half. Uh, hopefully, the ship and win program they have is going to keep it going strong for the whole meet. Uh, we'll see when the horses have to come back for a second time. But right now is uh, I think is a tremendous opportunity to, to you know to to make some money. Yeah, the fields uh, for tomorrow are pretty pretty fat, and that's fat with a ph. <laughs> Chris, did you have any questions for Dennis before we get started? Well, when you switch from Santa Anita to Del Mar, is there anything that you look for that's different than than what you do at Santa Anita, or is it pretty much the same? Is there anything special, any angles or anything that, that you use that helps you at Del Mar in particular? Uh, that's a great question, Chris. I'd say the, the, probably the the main things I look for, first of all, would be Horses that have had a you know a good track record at Del Mar. I mean, Del Mar has long been a track known as horses, you know, course for horses or horses for courses, if you will. Um, you know, a lot of horses really like it. Some horses don't. I mean, it's it's sharper turns. It's a shorter stretch. It's cooler weather. Um, you know, so there's there's significant differences from from Santa Anita, and and obviously one of the biggest ones, you know, the average field size at Santa Anita the last few months was probably six and a half if that um, but i do look for horses that have historically run well at del mar another thing i like it's not it's not an all or nothing but i really do like to see horses that have put in a work over the track before they run um, and, and and my son asked me we were playing a tournament together uh, a week or so ago and he said why do you find that so important i said well it tells me that at least they've been there uh, on site at the track and they've acclimated to the difference in weather from from weather up here at Santa Anita, where the average temperature in Arcadia this time of year is probably 95, to Del Mar, where the average temperature is probably 75 or less. And I like the fact that they, you know, they've been there. They've been there for some, you know, probably some number of days before they worked, and it's given them a chance to to settle in. That makes sense. But one other thing I might point out is on the turf racing, on the turf sprints, Santa Anita now, they run all kinds of different distances, all the way up to six and a half furlongs down the hill. At Del Mar, they just have the, the five furlong, one-turn sprint and tends to favor speed. Um, and there are some horses that just can't, you know, do very well beyond five or five and a half furlongs, but um, can really excel at that shorter distance. So a lot of times I look for horses that, like you said, have run well before at Del Mar and maybe haven't been getting the job done at Santa Anita, so you might catch a price when they get back to Del Mar. Yeah, that's another great point. And and the, the five furlong race at Del Mar is so different than the vast majority of the races at Santa Anita. They they run an occasional five furlong grass race at Santa Anita, but generally those are for two year olds. Uh, once in a while they'll run one. Um, 
now that they've got the longer shoot in, the majority of the of the races, even on the flat at Santa Anita, have been six or six and a half. And the Del Mar five furlong races so far. In fact, I was I was doing a little work on that this morning, and if I'm if I'm not mistaken, every race except for one so far has been run uh, one wire to wire um, by by uh, obviously by Speed Horse. Uh, I think that um, Johnny Padres was the only horse to come off the pace to win going five furlongs so far at the meet at Del Mar. That's a great lead in to our first race of, of the pick five sequence. <laughs> I thought you'd like that. Scott probably on mute right now and he's looking for that unmute button. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. I, I, I said, thanks for that lead in Dennis, because I, I now I have more confidence in my pick, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, uh, since you are our guest of honor, we'd like to have you lead it off. It will be the seventh race, uh, an allowance optional claiming, five furlongs on turf, purse of 84000 for three-year-olds and up. And who is going to fit the criterion that you just stated is the winning profile? Well, I think there's there's a couple of horses that have speed. I mean, the scratch of, of the eight hot box uh, took out speed. And I think... My, my top pick in the race is, is the three horse whooping Jay uh, first off the claim for Bill spark off of about a two and a half month layoff and taking a substantial jump back up in class from a 50,000 claimer that he take, that he took him from, from George Papa Perdomo into this optional 80 and he, he puts him in for the 80 tag. Um, you know, the recent numbers show that Bill Spar is not too great first off the claim and he's not too great on a 60 to one to 180 day layoff. I'm an old timer and I've watched Bill Spar for years and I've made a lot of money betting Bill Spar on layoff horses, taking a jump in class. So those recent statistics don't mean much of anything to me. He, he has a much smaller barn now. He's only, uh, according to the stats, he's, he's eight for 39 this year, uh, 21%, which is a very respectable number. But it, to me, it is, his famous moves were laying a horse off and jumping it back up in class. Uh, this horse likes Del Mar, likes this distance. Uh, on August 20th of last year, uh, he, he shows a win going five and a half in the optional 62.5 uh, level, which is one level below this, but not much of a difference. And uh, it was an extremely impressive race. He dueled on the inside of two other speeds. The two other speeds ended up running fourth and sixth in the race, and he just dug in and, and stuck it out. He, he beat Commander, who's in this race, and I, I don't think he'll have to duel like that. I know, I know that the that the um the uh Cotopaxi, who's the number seven horse uh herrera has some speed but i don't know that he's got going to have the five furlong speed that whooping jay has and i think the inside speed is is a terrific advantage and somehow if whooping jay doesn't get the lead i think he'll still sit a very 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 good trip just off of him and he he's my top pick in the race okay whooping jay shows a very nice and uh, best, best, fastest workout on the page uh, coming into this race, 59-2 and two at Del Mar on July 23rd. Chris, who are you thinking here? Well, I knew that Dennis would pick the three-horse when I saw that it was a, a first off the claim for Bill Spar because I know he's always touted that angle. And you used to have owned some horses that Bill Spar trained, right, Dennis? No, Bill never trained for me, but I knew him very well and um uh 
he actually claimed a horse off of us one time that uh, he did very well. We had done well with, and he did very well with it too. Um, but uh, I, I could always rely on him to, to give me his honest opinion on a horse. Um, uh, I, I haven't gone to the live track much in, you know, in, in the last uh, pandemic plus time frame. But um, um, I've always, you know, as you say, I've always liked, I've always liked Bill in this angle. So I won't argue with you on that one. This is a pretty wide open race. Um, I landed on another horse with some speed that threw an outside post. I think I actually is good for him. You can kind of see what happens in front of him with the seven and the three. Uh, if they don't go, I think he could go for the lead. If not, he could sit just off and get a perfect trip. Uh, it's a similar but different angle. It's second off the claim for D'Amato, who's been hot and sort of dominant on the turf races out in Southern California. He's really good second off the claim. He's also got a good workout, recent workout. Um, and, and his numbers are certainly good enough to win in here. And, you know, this morning line, kind of what I call a lazy morning line. Everybody's four to one, five to one, five to one, four to one. You know, there's no no uh, effort to try to figure out how the crowd's going to play it. Um, so I think a few of them may float up and D'Amato's got more than one horse in here. So maybe this one will, you know, be at eight to one or something close to that. If so, I think he's the value. So I'm hoping that yes, he can, he can win the number nine. <laughs> All right. Uh, <clears throat> I'm going to jump on. Yes, he can with you. He just won at six and a half furlongs on the turf. So he's coming, you know, cutting back. He is arguably better going shorter with two wins at under six furlongs on the dirt. He has that pressing style, should keep him in the clear from the outside. And um, he's a hard knocker. He's five for his last 13, and he's one for one with this trainer. And I think eight to one would be great. Yeah, he's, a, he, he's, yeah. Certainly a main con he's certainly a main contender. And as Chris said, uh, Phil D'Amato has been uh, almost white hot with his turf horses. Um, so, so anytime he wins, it's not a surprise. I think that uh, um, I'd be, I would be kind of surprised if he doesn't get bet down off that morning line, just because Phil's been, been so hot, but um, maybe with this rider, even though Phil's done well with this rider, maybe with this rider, he'll, he'll come close to holding that price. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets bet down. I just, how much is the question? I mean, there's a lot of horses. Commander probably takes some money. Texas Wedge put back in the Miller barn. Probably could take money. Lane uh, way off the layoff with anybody with Rispoli on the on the on the turf uh, uh, is going to take Mandela. money, and that's and that's Mandela. And that horse is, uh, you know, he's always been pretty well fancied at the betting windows. Uh, so I suspect he'll he'll be bet down off that seven to two morning line. So maybe you can get six to eight to one on the uh, the nine horse, and you know maybe Whooping Jay as well will float up above that four to one. It's kind of mm -hmm. hard to predict, but um, it is it uh, is hard to predict. We'll see. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. I would actually agree with the morning line on this one. I, I think it's it's pretty wide open, but um, I, I will throw in a word for Commander. He's run some fast races, and um, he shows his best work coming into this uh, his fastest work that shows on the, the PDF page that I print from DRF. So, um, yeah, I would use him as well. And he's, he's four to one morning line and you know, probably get that. 
Yeah, he's, he's back with Miller again, although I guess maybe he was training him all along. Um, but it looks like Miller lay, laid off a bunch of horses or freshened them, I would say. Like this one looks like it was freshened for this meet. Um, he has like a four-month break, which, uh, you know, so it could go anyway. The one horse, other horse I kind of liked, and it was the other, D'Amato, who's, like we said, has been hot. It's the five-horse Coutard, I guess is how you'd say it. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that right. but um. I think he wants longer, which is why I didn't pick him. I think he might be the best horse with the most upside, but I don't know if he's going to be able to win at five furlongs. Maybe off the bench where he's a little sharper than normal. Uh, and if it, they go really fast up front, possibly. But you know, to me, I think he'll be better off when they get back to Del Mar and he can go a little farther. Give me a Santa Anita. Yes, <laughs> get away from Del Mar. But right now, you know, it's going to be a while. So uh, my guess maybe is they're prepping him for maybe a one mile race next time out. If that's the case, I'd be all over him if they run him, try him at a mile after a prep in this race. You may be right with that because they did run him a mile back at the November meet at Del Mar in the let it ride. And he ran a respectable third that day. Uh, Team Merchant, who was a horse that had shipped out uh, a couple months earlier from the East Coast, won that race. And um, But this horse ran a respectable race going a mile that day. Okay, well, let's go to the eighth race. It's the Bing Crosby Stakes. The the day is only grade one. It's six furlongs on dirt, purse of 400,000, four or three-year-olds and up. Chris, your turn this to get us started. Well, if I had a voice like Bing Crosby, I'd sing where the <laughs> surf meets the turf at Del Mar. But I have a horrible voice, and I won't torture the listeners with that. But um, uh, And if, for those who aren't familiar with the history of Del Mar, Bing Crosby played a, a instrumental role in getting the track up and running. Um, I don't know all the details, but he was definitely a, a major player in, in making it happen. Um. This interesting race, I think, uh, very wide open. Um, and uh, the horse I'm going to go with is the six horse, How Be It. And the interesting thing about this horse, well, two things. One is its last race, which I'll talk a little bit about in a second. And the other is he really got, uh, had a nice string of races last year, and including a really good race at Del Mar. And, and that effort, it wasn't against horses quite as good as these, but it was certainly fast enough to to beat or to win in this field. And that was as a four-year-old, so he should have some upside uh, still. He could still run faster than that. And he's going second off a layoff, and his comeback race was kind of interesting. It was after a year break, and they ran him, um, at, I think it was at Pleasanton. It was one of the, the Cal Fair um, tracks. And right out of the race, he dumped his rider. And to quote one of our pod guests from the not recent past, Benny South Street, the PPs don't tell the whole story with this horse. You know, it just says he lost, stumbled, and lost his rider at the start. But if you watch the replay of the race is what is interesting because after he threw the rider, you know, he had to kind of gather himself and he was out of the picture for about 20 seconds. But as they started to head for the first turn, you could see him rush into the picture. So it's hard to tell how many links he spotted the field, but it was at least 10. 
you know, maybe as many as 20, but it was a big, big gap at the start. And he rushed up along the inside, inside of horses, which I thought was kind of impressive. And he just zoomed past him. You know, like he was going two steps for every one step for the horse. Now he didn't have a rider, so he, you know, he's got a lot of weight off, but he was zooming. And he went right to the front. And some of the riders were kind of freaking out, right, with this loose horse on the inside of him, including the horse that had been on the lead. And he he got up with that one, kind of put his head in front. And then he just started kind of drifting out on the turn and out on the turn and out until they were like in the 10 or 12 path. And all, all the horse on the inside then kind of cut the corner. But then when they straightened back away, he kept on running right to the wire and was only beaten like a length and a half for the whole thing. <laughs> there uh, he galloped up best. <laughs> he, you know, it was a really impressive race. He did have the weight off. I keep that in mind, but he certainly was eager to run. He certainly still has some early speed and he certainly got something out of that race. And, you know, we've always talked about second off a layoff you know, how that um, for horses that are still developing, which means all the way up through their five-year-old year, this is the time where often you see them run a new career best race. And if he were to do that in here, uh, he certainly could win. And depending on how many people paid attention and watched that replay, um, uh, I'm not sure what his price will be. He's 20 to one on the morning line. I, I have a feeling that that won't hold up, but he's still got to be a good price in here with all the other alternatives. So, He's definitely the most interesting off that that last race. Um, and certainly, you know, he was a good, solid horse that always tends to run his race until something went wrong in his last race as a four-year-old. But he looked pretty good in his comeback effort. And if he's healthy, uh, he could be dangerous at a big price. Well, you know, that is a really good point. I was wondering how much he w got out of that race, and I didn't think to watch the replay. I did just watch the replay while you were talking about it, and uh, he he looked pretty game. Dennis, what are you thinking in this race? Well, Chris just kind of stole my thunder. Um, this is definitely the price one of the two price plays I was telling you about, Scott, when we were chatting earlier. Um, this horse, I actually bet this horse in the Pat O'Brien last year. I mean, he he was amazing coming into that race. The, the the prep race, the two other than race he ran on July 21st of, of last year at Del Mar, he absolutely powered away from a couple of really, really nice uh, cowbred horses. They may not be grade one horses, but they're really nice horses, fashionably fast and cult fiction. And he, I mean, he went by those horses like they were in concrete. And uh, I, I thought he was just coming up to just explode in, in the Pat O'Brien. And he got banged around a little bit at the start and he was really hard for the rider to handle at the start and never, never really got into the bit that day. So I thought that race was a total toss and I was waiting for him to come back. And then I, you know, uh, I, I, I generally don't wait more than about three or four months on a horse. And then I just kind of line it out and say, well, you know, I'm, what, what happened then is probably not going to be that beneficial for me. Uh, I did watch the replay a couple of times that Chris talked about and, and everything he said in that was true. I mean, and that was a really major stumble he took. So it's good to it's good to see that Mark Glad doesn't think he hurt himself with that stumble, with the confidence to bring him back at this level. Uh, I think that this is a pretty soft grade one, and I have loved the Bing Crosby. It's one of my favorite races uh, every year. The Bing Crosby, and the, and the opening day sprint at the Santa Anita Winter Meet. I, uh, I I really like those races. They're you know they're 
you know, I'm, I'm prone to, to sprints more than other races. And, and I do, uh, I do have a, a history with this race. It always falls in the Del Mar tournament, which unfortunately I'm not able to play tomorrow, but uh, I played almost every year. And there's been a lot of upsets in this um, Bing Crosby over the years. And I, I, I think that there's no real grade one standout in this race. Uh, Drain the clock is shipping in, probably has run against the best horses. Uh, certainly, you know, when you look at the races against Jackie's Warrior, um, I think that um, some of these other horses, they're, they're nice horses. I mean, uh, Desmond Doss and, and Principe Carlo and, and um, American Theorem, they're, they're, they're okay horses. But I think if this horse can recover, if Habia can recover the form that he showed going into the Pat O'Brien last year, uh, that he's better than these horses. And again, whether he's 20 to one or 10 to one, I think there'll be, you know, big value based on the morning line in the, in, in the pick five for sure. Um, you know, drain the clock is probably going to be the speed of the race. Uh, you know, having been, having been in, in Dubai and then taking three months off and running at Gulfstream, uh, he got beat pretty easily in that four to five race at Gulfstream with a little bit of issues at the start of the race. Uh, you know, Safi Joseph put an absolutely bullet 46 and one work in him, but that work was last Sunday at Gulfstream. And then he shipped all the way across the country. I, I, I'm a little, you know, a little reluctant to ever bet a horse like that, wondering what he might've left on the, uh, on the workout track last Sunday. And then, and then that's a long ship. Um, Bag boss comes off a nice win at, at Churchill back in June, but everything in that race came rolling on the outside. So he was in the favored path with the right flow. Having said that, it was still a very nice race, but I'm not sure he's ever run against uh, even this caliber of horse before. So, um, and, and Shaz, they paid a million plus four. Uh, he's a grinder in my opinion. He, you know, I don't think grinders win this, not the Bing Crosby. Uh, how be it has a quick turn of foot. Um, I, I like horses like that. So uh, I'm all about the six and um you know, if somebody else had popped up, I wouldn't be shocked. But I, I think if the six can fire at day game, wins the race. Okay. Well, uh, when I looked at this race, I looked at this race for a long time, and I, I was thinking I might just have to go all in this race. And <clears throat> I don't know. I haven't really given the pick five that much thought because I just finished handicapping uh, right before the the pod started. But um, I finally landed on Bag Boss. He has won twice on the lead, and his uh, but his win in his last race came from just off the pace. I like that flexibility of running style because I think anything could happen in this race. Most of the horses have won on the lead, and there could be a scramble for it. Uh, if you you know if you l use Formulator to say um, to highlight the races where the horses are on the lead, it's a, it's kind of a cool feature in Formulator. And if you look at, uh, if you do that, uh, you'll see that w most of these horses, when they run on the lead, they actually win. And so I wouldn't be surprised if three or four of them decide like, hey, I'm going to go for it. And it could be a hot pace. <clears throat> um, I think Bag Boss uh, might be one of those horses that d does go for the lead. But if he doesn't get it, I like the fact that he won that last race um, and uh, did it from off the pace. He's improved in every race except for the one race where he veered in dramatically at the start from the rail. Um, 
So I'll toss that one. And I just, you know, the, they interviewed him in the daily racing forum and the trainer seemed pretty confident, uh, thinks he belongs. And I, you know, I guess, you know, he wouldn't say that he wouldn't say otherwise if, you know, he wouldn't be shipping and he wouldn't want to, he has to express the confidence, I guess, uh, for the owner's, uh, benefit but uh but you know he's nights eight to one morning line and um i think he'll go off at that high so uh so he's my pick and uh i do th- i i am a little impressed with shaz uh, he does look formidable but he's also a big horse he weighs like 1250 pounds seems like everything has to go right for such a big horse to win at six furlongs um but i but i would definitely use him and i'll probably go pretty deep in this race so a couple of comments on what you, you all have said. Uh, first of all, kind of backwards, forwards, the Shaz, he, uh, for what it's worth, he's been outworking country grammar pretty significantly, the workouts I watched. Um, he is a sprinter, and country grammar is more of a long-fused tour, so that's not too surprising. But he, So he has been training well, and he is back in Baffert's hands for so you know, those are two pluses on his side. In general, I don't like versus shipping east to run in dirt sprints on the West Coast. I think that they are used to horses going slower in the early part of these sprint races than they run typically in California. I don't like to overgeneralize, and the California horses maybe aren't quite as quick as they used to be, but I still kind of downgrade those, you know, horses, like especially like Drain the Clock. Any horse shipping out of Florida, I'm always a little suspect of. Um, and, you know, bag boss. So that's just common. I'm not saying they can't win, but especially if horses that want to be on or near the lead, I'm real skeptical of those horses shipping west on the dirt. So uh, I'm not as enthusiastic about those as you guys are. Um, the only other thing I'll say that, about a horse that hasn't been mentioned yet is the a 10 horse get her number. That's one that is shipping. Uh, shipped out to CD, but it really has been a California-based horse, so I don't think of it as the same as the others. And this horse really ran one really good race as a three-year-old last year at Oakland, and then kind of got in the Derby Trail, and things went south from there. Uh, and for some reason, they decided to try to make this horse a turf horse. They finally gave up on that, and then it finally got back into Miller's hands supposedly, or at least officially, and it really ran a good race in its last start. Um, and given that, you know, the talent it flashed early last year, it still might have some improvement left as a four-year-old. And any improvement off that last effort would probably give it a chance. And I, I mean, I think it will probably be a bigger price than, say, Bag Boss. Um, and I probably like that one better just because I think it's more of a Southern California horse. And, you know, it showed that real ability, even as a three-year-old, and it's now just now coming back around um, to some good races. So I, I'm more kind of interested in a horse like that than than Bag Boss. So between the two, and it, it always depends on price, too. Um, I You know, Get Her Number might be the other one I would use besides How Be It in this race. Seems fair enough. I, 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 you know, Getter Number has clearly been faster on dirt, and 
ran as fast as Bag Boss in his last race. So, uh, so I, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely be using that horse as well. <clears throat> the next race is the ninth race. It's an allowance optional claimer, mile on the turf, purse of eighty-two thousand for three-year-olds and up. And Dennis, why don't you get us started? Okay. Well, the turf, the turf at Del Mar has had some huge fields so far. Almost, almost every turf race uh, has been has been uh, an absolute full field. Uh, the mile, the mile at at uh, Del Mar on the turf is an interesting distance because the uh, you know a lot of times at, at, at tracks people will just kind of toss the outside horses because uh, they're going to make a quick run into the first turn. Not so much at Del Mar. You know the Del Mar turf course is a seven eighths of a mile turf course, so the, you know the mile uh, you've got a pretty good run to the first turn, and that's uh, in addition to the fact that the mile has one of the longest run ups before they start officially timing it. Oftentimes on the mile turf race, you'll see that first quarter in 22 and change. And in fact, if you don't, they're generally going a dawdling place, pace if it's 23 or more in the f- first quarter, because it's it, it's a it's a long run up and it's a fairly long run to the first turn. Uh, so uh, I never ever uh, exclude horses drawn outside at this mile distance um, because of that. Uh, in this particular race, I think there's a tremendous amount of uh, speed in the race there's uh it looks like a, a lot of horses that very well may may go for the uh for the lead uh possibly you know the two horse uh um piece of Akati, the five horse Kohlinger, uh road uh who's stretching out um explosive the seven horse uh typically goes for the you know goes for the lead uh nerves of steel is putting the blinkers on very possibly is going to you know improve his speed or or increase his speed. Axel Steel, the eleven horses, a stretch out that looks like he has to be he has to be speed. And so I, I immediately started to look for horses that were likely to be closers in the race. And um, the the top closer to me in the race and and my top choice in the race is um, is the ten horse Midnight Joe Star uh, with uh, Umberto Raspoli, uh, who probably rides the turf here right now better than anyone since uh, Flavian Prada is no longer on this circuit. Uh, he's drawn the far outside post in his last three starts, uh, Midnight Joe Star has. And last time out with uh, with uh, Curatolo up, uh, he was just about as wide as you could be all the way around the track at uh, Santa Anita going a flat mile. And uh, he rallied to lose the race by about a neck and I thought was much the best in the race. Um, he gets he gets uh, Raspoli today again. As we said earlier, uh, Damato is has kind of been mastering the turf. Uh, the horse is two for four on the Del Mar turf. He isn't uh, he isn't 0 for six at this particular distance. But I think I, I think with this rider and this trainer as sharp as he is, and the race flow, um, he he would be in my number one my number one pick in the race, um, somewhat ahead of uh, the horse that Ryan Curatolo. Uh, goes to and that's the three horse one fast bro who i think will get a very good trip he's a multiple winner at del mar i think he'll he'll benefit from all the speed in the race i think that the the 10 is probably a a more likely winner than than um than than one fast bro but one fast bro uh would be would be my second choice the 10 um uh, midnight joe star uh, the number one choice and then and then one fast bro behind him 
Okay, Midnight Joe Star or yeah, Joe Star, seven to two, morning line favorite in the race, um, and I think you'll get him. Chris, what are you thinking? Well, I pretty much agree with everything that Dennis said. I would just flip the two. I like one fast bro. Um, if you look at the last race where Midnight Joe Star beat him, uh, Midnight Joe Star did run well and was kind of parked wide all the way around, but also was in the clear and had a clear run. And um, one fast bro kind of had a, a better trip until the stretch, and then he he sort of got trapped and really didn't have a chance to run for quite some time. Finally had a seam, started to move some, but it was still kind of tight. And I don't think the horse ever really got rolling. Um, and Midnight Joe Star got to jump and, and beat him by a couple lengths. But I think with a little more racing luck, uh, he could outrun Midnight Joe Star, who I won't say the post will kill it, but I mean, Raspoli will have to give the horse a pretty good ride not to have a similar trip. And I think uh, if he has another wide trip and one fast bro doesn't get stopped in the stretch, one fast bro can win. Plus, to me, one fast bro, he's only had three starts this year. Uh, he does love Del Mar. And I thought all three of his starts, he's had excuses. I talked about his last one. The one before that was a sprint. He's not a sprinter. Um, so, you know, he didn't run poorly. But you know that certainly wasn't ideal for him. And then the other race before that was off the, you know, right off the bench. Um, so you know, to me, this is where you're going to see him run his best. He's at the track he loves. He's a five-year-old with some upside. He's got those three races under his belt. Drew a good post. I don't mind Curatola on, on the turf. I mean, he's not the greatest rider in the world, but after Raspoli, he's probably as good as any of them on the turf. And um, uh, to me, there, you know, this horse, if you get the price six to one versus seven to two, it's definitely the play. Now, it's all about the price. If they were to bet this horse down and and Midnight Joesters, you know, goes off at a higher price, I think he'd be better. Um, but I do think those are the two best horses that seem, you know, seem to have the race shape in their favor. There's kind of one other horse I like in here, but it's not a big price. And then the rest of them, you know, for me, it's hard to separate. They all kind of have some chance, but uh, I would not enough for me to get real interested. All right, I'm going to land on a horse that neither of you guys mentioned, and that is Goliad. He is second off a layoff. He was fast as a two-year-old. As long as some other horses get up to show speed, I think he should have a comfortable trip. Um, he Last year, he ran off the layoff. First of all, as a two-year-old, he was fast, uh, and I think he w ran second to uh, who, did, who did he run second to? It was it was a good stake race at Del Mar, I think. Um, who am I gonna? A smooth like straight. So yeah, he was second to smooth like straight, who's always been fast. That was in uh, December of 2019 at Del Mar. <clears throat> Last year he. Uh, Went off a layoff. He ran a sprint and then he stretched out. But when he stretched out, he like he gunned it on the lead and he he really went, ran way too fast. Super fast pace figures and he still held on for fourth, beating only two lengths. But you know it was clearly he he clearly just sort of he he ran too fast and he's done that several times. So the question is, can he ration his speed? 
he sort of did that in his last race. He didn't run too fast. He was third. And I think that, you know, there's a good chance that with the other speed, I, I don't know what made him go so fast uh, going sprint to route second off a layoff last year. But I think this year, if he can not be on the lead and not over, you know, not run too fast, that he can run a big race here. And um, I feel pretty good about him at five to one. I, I feel like he's a pretty strong play. Um, the other horse that did interest me was one fast bro. He, uh, he, he ran uh, two races ago. He ran a, against a CFR. That's a closer favorability rating of one uh, <clears throat> based on the racing flow numbers. So that race is pretty much a toss for him. And then his last race, he you know got into those, that traffic trouble. So, uh, I will definitely use those two, and I don't know if I'll go any deeper. If I were to throw one more horse in, again, it's it's a race flow play as much as anything, but I would take a look at the uh, eight horse Petruccio, I think is the, is the way the name, horse's name is pronounced. He's coming off of a, about a nine-month layoff for Richard Mandela, uh, who also has the horse that uh, you were talking about, Scott, Goliad. Um, and I think that the, um, the eight, he's a one-time winner. His, his one win was at Del Mar and, uh, he gets Florent Giroux, who's been off to somewhat of a cold start at the meet, but certainly a high quality rider. I uh, has two works over the Del Mar dirt, uh, both six furlong works. I, I think Mandela, like I said, is a very, a very solid trainer at bringing horses back off, off of lengthy layoffs. And I don't know that he's necessarily a win candidate, but I think that, uh, he's going to have the right style to come flopping in the race with all the speeds going in the wrong direction. Yeah. I was going to point out that Mandela has the two horses. One's a front runner. One's a closer. I kind of expect him to send Goliad. So I'm not, what sort of trip to, to, to me, I, the reason I don't <clears throat> like Goliad is because the pace is going to be so hot and I don't see how he can sit far enough off not to get you know cooked. And I actually That's think tactically they may, they may want to send him, given that, that their other horse comes from out of it. Well, the That's fact that he's never won on the lead, I think, means that they're not going to want to send him. Anytime he's been on the lead, he's faded. I, I'm not sure he'd be on the lead, but I think he'd be close to what I expect is going to be a fast pace. Um, I think he'll be a lot closer to the pace than the other Mandela. Uh, and I, I I really could see this race collapsing uh, when they when they when they reach the uh, the top of the stretch. Well, yeah, that's I kind of saw too that it's going to be hard to be up near the lead and win this. I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm believe me, I'm worried about Goliad, but that's what one fast bro is for. Yeah, and one fast bro should benefit from a fast pace. The other horse that I liked, other than the two, you know, the the that Dennis liked, and is the um. The one horse, the liberal, just because this horse always runs its race and it comes from out of it. So if there was a horse that should really benefit from a hot pace, it'll be that horse. Um, you know, and I, I to me, and, and, you know, it's run pretty well at Del Mar before. So, um, you know, but it's for some reason. Uh, when the last time it ran at Del Mar, they had it on the lead, 
um, you know, it was for they had they experimented putting this horse on the lead. I guess it was because it was such a long race, a mile and three eighths. But um, you know, at these shorter distances, and especially recently, it comes from way out of it, and that's I would expect that to be the plan here. So, if it can avoid any major traffic trouble, it's been kind of you know, having uh, a whole series of bad trips. I mean, if you watch the replays on this horse's last five or six races, it's just been a nightmare. Um, so maybe this could be the race where it totally collapses and sets up for now. You're not, you're not getting a big price, but, um, to me, that horse, you know, could be the one that really takes advantage of if the pace heats up. Sorry, Chris, I was distracted by something here. What horse was the last one you were talking about? The one horse liberal. Oh yeah, I did write down liberal. I didn't realize you were yep. still talking about him. <laughs> yeah, he just um has had a string of miserable trips. Um, just some really tough trips. So and and you know and in, in this race now, if he did win his last race, that was probably the only race he's had in his last five or six that he he got a kind of a good setup, and I think he could get an even a better one in here. He is yeah, facing I, tougher, though. Liberal definitely has a great late kick. I, I'm not a fan of the rail uh, going a mile on the turf at Del Mar, especially for a horse that has to come from way out of it, because my, my visual on him is he's going to get pretty far back, and he's possibly going to have to go you know, eight or ten wide to circle the field. It's not impossible to be done, but the rail's out at 12 feet tomorrow. Uh, last weekend, the first weekend, it was at zero. So it makes it a little bit tougher as the rail starts to move out a little bit. Uh, he definitely has a big late kick, though, and uh, you know, like you know, like like I mentioned with the Mandela, uh, I think that those are the horses that you do have to look at in this race because, you know, it, it just it just looks like it's you know somebody off the pace in this race. Yeah, and um, you know, just the other thing to me. The horse is gonna. I don't really worry about getting shuffled back because it's gonna be dead last, regardless. So I, 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 that doesn't bother me at all. Um, and, but and the, and the race collapses, then a lot of times, you know, it doesn't really matter. Uh, you, know, you get that good setup because everybody's quitting and you can just zip pie them. It's those slow paces when they bunch up that you really tend to have trouble. Either that's when you got to really circle the whole field. But if they're going really fast and they're strung out heading into the second turn. It's not that hard to pick them off. All right, well, we'll move to the 10th race. It's the San Diego Handicap. It's a grade two, mile 16th on dirt. First of 300,000 for three-year-olds and up. Chris, your turn to get us started. I, 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 um, I'm all about Senor Buscador in this race. Uh, always been a fan. We've talked about this horse before on the pod. He, um, his second race of his life at Remington just was really impressive visually. And from a number standpoint, he looked like, and, and also he's interesting in that he's the kind of horse that just kind of drops back and then makes this huge move, Silky Sullivan type move. Um, so I thought, you know, he was a real interesting player in the triple crown trail, but then they they stepped him up at, at the fairgrounds and he got hurt. So, you know, I, I wouldn't, he didn't do that well, but he got injured in the race and it took him a long time to get back to the races over a year, but his comeback effort was a sprint at Lone Star 
and he ran about how you'd hope. He looked pretty good. Um, his barn, the, the trainer does pretty well. Um, he doesn't have a great record at Del Mar, but uh, yet yesterday he shipped one in and she ran a smashing good race. So he already shipped one in to came came out and ran big. So, and this is a really aggressive spot. There's a lot of places you could take a horse like this um, that are, you know, would be a little less aggressive. So the fact that they brought this one out and put him in this race to me says a lot. And, you know, we've talked about this many times before. You know, second off a layoff, that's when you can see this big jump forward in a four-year-old. Well, in this case, you know, he didn't run for a year and a half. And that year and a half is when the horses develop the most. So this horse has about his the potential to improve about as much as you'll ever see in a racehorse. Um, you know, it wouldn't be a big surprise to see him improve by 10 or 20 buyer points in this race. And given how fast he was as a two-year-old, that certainly puts him in a position where he could win the race. Now he's never beaten really good horses and there's some pretty good horses in here. So I'm not saying it's a lock, and I and we don't know, you know, if, how much what the injury was, and you know, is he really going to improve second off the layoff? But you know, the signs are there based on the way he came back, and based on the aggressive spot that he must be doing pretty well. And you know, this is the time where you could get paid for that kind of an opinion. Uh, he's twenty to one on the morning line. He's getting weight, but I'm not sure Maldonado can make weight i don't know if he gets any lighter than 120 so he may not be getting any kind of a weight break but um to me he's a really live long shot um and you know the kind of horse i love to play the one that could jump up and run a monster race second off a layoff senor buscador at 20 to 1 intriguing i definitely <clears throat> you know given given that angle uh i gotta use him Dennis, what do you think? Well, I'm going to come with another price horse here as well. Um, my my top pick in the race is Parnelli, the six horse for John Sheriffs, uh, with um, big money rider Victor Espinoza in the saddle. Um, Victor doesn't ride nearly like he used to as he's approaching 50 years old, but uh, much like big money Mike Smith, um, you get to grade ones and grade twos, and there's not too many people I'd rather have, especially in a West Coast race, than Victor Espinoza. Uh, Parnelli likes Del Mar. He's been on over the track four times with a win, two seconds and a third. Uh, this was a horse that he paid 500000 for. Um, CRK Stable, who's the leading owner to start the meet at, at Del Mar. Their horses have been firing. Uh, John Sheriffs doesn't train too many for them, but uh, we all know that John Sheriffs can, uh, can win a big race, uh, obviously not just with Zenyatta, but with uh, other horses as well. And uh, th this horse was expected to be a really good horse. And they, you know, when he, once he broke his maiden, they went right to a grade three, the Sham Stakes, and then onto the Robert B. Lewis and onto the Santa Anita Derby. And he didn't run very well in any of those races. And then they started experimenting. They, they started sprinting him and they, they tried him on the grass, uh, routing on the grass, sprinting on the grass. And then they gave him some time off. Um, and he came back at Santa Anita this winter 
And the first time out off, off his layoff, he just kind of ran, he ran up near the pace and faded, you know, faded in the stretch to run a well-beaten third. And then they did something that seemingly has turned this horse around. They took the blinkers off and he's been a new, a new horse since they took the blinkers off. Uh, he's run, he's run two optional allowance races in a row, both really, really good races. Um, is he, you know, he hasn't beaten, beaten this caliber necessarily. He did dead, dead heat with, with, uh, there goes Harvard. Who's a five to one on the morning line in this race while Parnelli is a uh, 15 to one. And there, there are plenty of big names in this race. I mean, for grade two, we've got, you know, a number of, of grade one winners in here, whether it be uh, Mandaloon, uh, who, you know, was given the Derby, uh, after the entire Medina spirit, uh, fiasco, but is also one other, you know, other big races, um, and we've got uh, Tripoli, who uh, who won the Pacific Classic last year, and we've got Country Grammar, who possibly is the leading money winner that's still in training right now, with you know well over ten million dollars. Um, but I think this is a race that's going to set up nicely for a horse that can be not too far off the pace. Um, I, I don't think the pace is going to be extremely fast. Uh, defunded probably is the speed of the speed in the two post. Uh, for Baffert, um, but I don't think Parnelli's going to be too too far away. I think he's going to have a good style in the race. Like I said, I love the I love the rider. I think that a couple of the other horses with the big names like Country Grammar uh, coming back from Dubai. I think this race is too short for Country Grammar. I think he wants to run, you know, mile a quarter, mile and a half, um, um, probably are his preference. Um, Mandaloon, I don't know. He didn't look right to me in his last start at Churchill. Uh, another one coming back from the Middle East, and um, uh, he's he's a go against for me, and I'm probably going against you know one of the hottest trainers over the last few years in 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 the United States certainly, and Brad Cox. But I I think he's going to take a lot of money. I think Country Grammar is going to take a lot of money, and uh, I think I think uh, you know horses like Parnelli and um, and Chris's horse are probably going to float up higher than their morning lines, and. Um, Parnelli is is my top play in the race, uh, probably followed by Tripoli, who I think is a track lover. And uh, they, I thought he ran pretty well in the turf last time. I don't know the turf is necessarily what he really wants to do, but I thought he ran pretty well in the turf last time. And uh, I thought that he would, you know, maybe maybe improve significantly again, second off the layoff here for for John Sadler, who seemingly has owned all the big stakes races at Del Mar in the last four or five years. Uh, but those would be my top two picks in the race. Uh, um, Parnelli, the six horse, and Tripoli, the seven horse. Okay, I'm 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 going to be a little boring here. I am I'm going with Mandaloon. He ran against some tough competition in his last. Uh, he chased a he chased a pretty hot pace. He he got uh, some very fast time form early pace numbers. Uh, I think he needed that race off of the layoff. And even it didn't look good because he was so far back, but Olympiad is clearly a a major player in the handicap division. Uh, I think that now he should be ready to deliver his best. Brad Cox is hitting at 21% at Del Mar. I was reading the Jay Privman article in the racing forum, and uh, he wrote that standing placidly near the gap by the six furlong pole, Mandaloon took everything in as though he'd been here for years. Ears forward, alert, but relaxed. So, so I, I, I just think this horse has always been talented, and I think he's ready for his best race. 
I will also use Tripoli. He's second off a layoff and his best can get it done. And uh, I, I, I love that, that turf, you know, set, second off a layoff, turf to dirt angle. So, uh, so, so I'll, I'll definitely use those two. And, and the aforementioned Senor Buscador, uh, based on Chris's, Chris's uh, angle, which he often hits. And the only question is, can that horse go sprint to route in, in this kind of competition and still win? The trainer does do it. He's got a positive ROI going sprint to route, second off layoff. So, uh, so I'll, I'll definitely use those three. So Scott, though, the big question is, well, how did Mandelown look at uh, on the van walk-off? I didn't see it, but it's Mandaloon. And, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, it's actually Mandelown. It is Mandelown. That's how you're supposed to pronounce it. It, I, I looked it up multiple times. Um, well, yeah, but except it's the owner. It's it's the way the owner chooses to pronounce the name. So, so since every announcer is pronounced a Mandaloon, uh, that is the that is the pronunciation. I still think it's wrong. Um, I <laughs> okay. don't like the spotting. I I don't like the spotting of that horse at all. Um, this horse, they've been aggressively spotting this horse all the time, all its career, and now they're shipping out west trying to pick off a grade two when they could be at Saratoga against the good horses. You know, to me, this is the negative of vote of confidence, not saying he can't win. He's probably the, the best horse in the race, but I just don't like the move at all. Um, so I'm kind of negative on that horse. I'll let him beat me. Uh, I just don't like the spotting. I kind of agree with the thing was, I don't know if it was you or Scott or Dennis said country grammar is prop. This looks more like a prep. I think the other Baffert's probably more dangerous, probably will get sent to the lead. Um, and Tripoli, to me, you know, I think, you know, he he's another one where uh, he is kind of interesting. And, you know, he certainly ran well here last year. I do think he might be better going longer. And this may be more of a prep. But they did give him that one race on the turf. So, you know, maybe they are pointed to this race. Um, and uh, I wouldn't be shocked to see him. So, I, I you know, the Parnelli and Tripoli... Are kind of interesting plays, but I agree that country grammar is probably one you play against in here as well as Mandalown, Mandaloon, Manda, whatever it is. Um, uh, to me, you play against those in here and try to catch a price that it does seem like this one might be right for an upset. Yeah, and if I were to play a third horse in the race, uh, I would probably use the two horse defunded because I do think he's the speed of the speed. And Cedillo is definitely a speed rider. And I, if, if, if anybody were to steal it and go wire to wire, I think he's the most likely candidate. So he, he would be my third choice in the race. Okay, well, we'll move then to the 11th race. That's the great thing about the pick five is we can use more than one. Um, the 11th race, it's a mile on the turf, a maiden special, purse of 80,000 for Phillies and Mares, three-year-olds and up. And Dennis, what's your take on this one? Well, again, it's a, um, it's a, it's a mile on the turf. I, um, I, I, I give uh, a lot of uh, hard looks to the uh, horses that are drawn on the outside if they have good connections. I think that that's a favorable place to be. Not necessarily always on the far outside, 
but horses that are drawn for the middle out, I, I tend to prefer in these in these one mile turf races at um, at uh, Del Mar. I watched a lot of videotape in this race to try to see if I could separate some horses and and um, the horse that I thought had the absolute worst trip last time out was and I'm not sure I'm going to pronounce this name right, but was the 12 horse Alba Yadir, uh, the Irish bred uh, Jeff Mullins horse. Uh, coming out of a six furlong uh, sprint on, on the flat surface at Santa Anita, I mean, he was pinched back at the start, and he was crazily looking for somewhere to run for at least an eighth of a mile in the early to mid part of the stretch and, and found nowhere to go. Uh, that very well could have just been a prep to go longer. Uh, I think that with the breeding that that horse has, especially on the dam side, the, the dam sire being See the Stars, who, if I'm not mistaken, won the Arc de Triomphe and was the top horse in Europe uh, back for the last one or two years that, that he was running. Uh, I think that he's definitely bred to run longer. He's worked at Del Mar a couple of times on the dirt for Jeff Mullins. Uh, Mullins is off to a little bit of a slow start, 0 for 6 at the meet, but was really firing on all cylinders almost the entire Santa Anita meet, particularly with a lot of his turf horses. Uh, again, you get Raspoli here. I think he'll have no problem working out a trip from the from the 12 hole with this horse. Uh, he would be my top choice in the race. And uh, my second uh, choice would be uh, a horse that again, seems like he has trouble every time. So he's gonna have to try to avoid having the trouble this time. But that would be the six horse Vivando with Juan Hernandez. Uh, he, he actually can break pretty well from the gate in his May 7th race. He actually popped out of the gate on top. The uh, form doesn't show that. And I'm sure in in, uh, in trip note pros, they're going to, you know, they, they would probably not hesitate to tell you that, that the horse definitely can break away from the gate. Uh, last time at Santa Anita, he didn't get away from the gate very well. And it, that's an interesting race. For those of you that may not know, the mile and an eighth race at Santa Anita starts on the dirt. The mile and eighth turf race, turf race starts on the dirt. And a lot of horses will have a little bit of trouble with their footing at the start of the race. And this horse certainly had that last time. He just, he was awkward at the start and just like the ground broke away from him a little bit or something. And, and uh, I think he would have actually sat a little bit closer than, than he did uh, because of that. So uh, for me, the top two picks in the race are the 12 horse uh, Al Bayader and the six horse Vivando. Okay. Al Bayader. I'm just, just assuming because there's two A's in there. Chris, what are you thinking? Uh, this, to me, is a crazy wide-open race. This is the one I have probably the least uh, a strong opinion. I got a couple crazy picks. One, I think, is fairly solid, although um, it comes from the same stable as uh, the Alba Yadir, and that's the seven-horse Take Me By the Hand. He's coming off a layoff, which is not the best thing that Mullins does. But his races were all good last year. He got bet in all of them. He had some trips. Um, and he's got a real good work tab. I mean, he hasn't missed a work in like three months every week. And bang, 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 bang. And um, he should have improved some from last year to this year. So I'd expect a good effort. And if he gets a trip. Um, there's no reason why he couldn't win. He's eight to one. So if you got eight to one, I think that would be decent value. I know I, I, 
not sure I would bet him unless he drifted up above that, but um, that's probably the one I would pick in this bunch, but I got a couple others I'll point out um, after Scott weighs in. Well, I, I I had picked take me by the hand, but then <clears throat> right at the last minute, and I'm talking about about two minutes before we started this pod, <clears throat> I noticed that Kura had hit the gate in her debut. So I watched the race, and she did hit the gate, and it was also a dirt race. And the, you know, hitting the gate is, you know, horses freak out when they they can freak out just from wind and. You know, hitting the gate is something that could really affect the horse. So I, I always consider that to be a complete toss race. And the fact that she still ran okay, she now switches to turf for Mandela. He's three for 11 with a 207 ROI with that move. Mike Smith and Mandela have a history of winning. Um, they they last paired up, at least that I remember, on Omaha Beach. Uh, this horse is out of an unraced war front mare, so I'm assuming she's got turf you know, she's got some turf ability and uh, I guess got to figure that in that first race after hitting the gate that Mike Smith didn't um, overdo it with her. So, so that'll be my top pick, but I will definitely use take me by the hand as well. And I also agree with Dennis's choice of Vivando. Um, I know it's not your top choice, but uh, uh, I, 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 it's hard to leave Vivando off and probably the horse will get well bet, assuming that Velvet, the, the 14 horse, doesn't make it in. Um, did want to ask you guys, if Vivando did make it in, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, if Velvet did make it in, what what, what would you think of her chances? Uh, I I think that Velvet would, was one of my three plays in the race if she does make it in. I think that she's definitely definitely a player. She she, you know, clearly got pinballed at the start. I didn't think that the steady early in the race was was much of an issue, but she she got pinballed and banged around pretty hard at the start of that sprint race, and that was not a six and a half down the hill. That was a six and a half on the on the main, and it's not that easy to make up a ton of ground uh, in those races. Uh, she's been very very well bet every time. Uh, I guess. I guess if, if Mandela wants her in the race badly enough, he'll have the seven horse scratched or excuse me, he'll have the five horse scratched, but, um, Kura, but, um, she's a player. She gets in, in my opinion. I would think so, but it would be really hard to, uh, she should probably also get well bet. What do you think, Chris? Yeah, I, she's, if you watch the replays of her races, I think the last one was just a prep. Uh, she's had just horrible trip after horrible trip. So, the problem is could have another horrible trip. So if she's a favorite, she's a kind of like to bet against, right? Because she could have another horrible trip. Um, but if she's a price, and that's the kind I'm interested in. So I, I think she'll get bet if she comes in. And, and, and if she does, I'd be willing to try to beat her. But I wouldn't be surprised at all if she wins, you know, with any kind of a good, decent trip. Uh, and I kind of like your Cura. I like the way you're thinking on that. The one thing, though, in the formula, I did do a stat a little bit different probably than you did. I looked at how he does first-time turf in routes um, when it's not a first-time starter, So, and it's a three-year-old or older. So, you know, no two-year-olds and no first-time starters. So first-time route on the turf, and he, he's over 23. So 
he's not real good in, to me with this kind of a horse. But it's not a giant sample size. This horse has some turf breeding underneath, like you said, and could be a big price. So I, I wouldn't talk. And, and, and the horse did have trouble last time and galloped out really well. So, you know, going long on the turf may be exactly what this horse wants to do. So the stats might not mean anything, but I did find yeah, yeah. a different stat than you used. Um, yeah, it, it wasn't but, the first time route. I mean, you know, because the first race was a route, so it it wasn't on turf. But no, 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 it was first time turf on a route in a route. So I okay. no sprints, not okay. Yeah, I didn't do first route, just first time turf in a route race, and excluding two year olds and first timers. So anyway. That that's just a, a I, I usually try to make sure you screen the two year olds and first time starters out of your stats unless they're a two year old or a first time starter because that's so different than you know an older horse that's got some some races under its belt. That's all. Um, when I do those stats, um, I do have a couple long shots sort of similar to Scott's um, pick. One of them is Quick Romance. This horse to me is really interesting because Breeze Racing paid half a million for the horse and it's like a turf route horse. And first of all, they don't usually spend, they're not the kind, they're like Bob Baffert and his owners, they go spend half a million on a horse. And usually you don't spend that kind of money on a horse that's really a turf route horse. Um, and they debuted it in a sprint and it actually showed some speed. So it showed it's got a little bit of run in it. And it's certainly bred to go longer and it, it's bred as, you know, paying half a million. There must be something, you know, it must look good and it must move well. So I wouldn't be shocked at all to see that horse really improve in its second start. And, you know, it, it's uh, 30 to one on the morning line. And then right outside of that one, Lilac Starlight is kind of the second off a layoff type horse. It debuted on the turf. Its comeback race was on the dirt at Los Al, which to me looks a lot like a prep to, for, so they have it ready to try long on the turf at Del Mar, which is what they're doing here. This is a kind of line again, where you could see, you know, big improvement. And that horse is 20 to one in the morning line, but it's that kind of race where you can kind of make a case like what I made or Scott made or, or, Dennis made for almost any horse in here. Uh, by the I way, think this, go ahead. So. Uh, I was just going to say quick romance, uh, notably faster workout <clears throat> since his last race ran 47 and three a week ago at Del Mar. Dennis, what were you going to say? I said, I think this pick five is, it lends itself to really an opportunity to be a, a very good uh, paying pick five, you know, that, there, none of the races seem to have a, a horse that's going to be an extremely short price. And the pick fives at Del Mar have paid so well so far. Yesterday, in, in the early pick five in the sequence, I think the nine to, there was one horse that was nine to two. And the other horses were all like three, to, three of them three to one and maybe one of them four to one. But none, no favorites won. And, and the field sizes weren't quite as big as this. And it still paid almost $4,000. And... Uh, you know, so so if a favorite does happen to win one of these races and 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 it's made up for with one other price horse, even this I mean, this this could easily be a, a you know a a ten thousand plus uh, uh, pick five and 
possibly a lot higher than that. I really think there's an opportunity in this pick five tomorrow. Uh, I think it should be noted that the early pick five at Del Mar, correct me if I'm wrong, Chris, but the early pick five at Del Mar is like 15% takeout and the late one is like 24%. Yeah, yes, the late one right. has, it's, yeah, the late one has the regular pick, pick five, pick six type takeout. The early one is either fourteen or fifteen percent. Yeah, it's California tracks. It's that's the way they do it. It's horrible, but it is. I mean, the takeout's really bad for the late pick fives, unfortunately. But like I mean, Dennis it's said, still, it's still all right. You know, it's still not a bad deal. But um, but but. That would help explain why that early pick four, pick five yesterday, you know, paid so well because it's like ten percent less takeout. Yeah, I think, I, I think there's still, I think a lot of the states still have a considerably higher takeout in most of their pick five bets than um, than the early pick five does in California. I, I I don't think Gulfstream has a has any type of a particularly low takeout in the pick five, and I'm not sure about New York, Scott. You might know that one better, but. I don't know that there's a particularly low takeout in the pick five in any of the pick fives in New York. Yeah, yeah, no, they're, Actually, they're all, all fifteen percent. Are they? All of them fifteen. Yeah, yeah. Oh, California is really good. bad, and they have they haven't kept up. You know, they, they just have a terrible which, that they jacked that. Which is the, funny because California up. originally led the way. Led the way was the first one to have a fifteen percent takeout in the pick five, but and I know some of the states like up in Minnesota, they I think they have a ten or twelve percent takeout in their pick four and pick five. Yeah, ten percent. Um, Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's pretty much the norm now, with exception of some tracks like Santa Anita, that the pick five is 15% or less at probably 80% of the tracks. So it's really yeah, unfortunate said, that they that they I do that. I don't think that, Florida um, is Because either. no, Florida has 15% late pick fives. They that's do. interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. Trust me. Because that's a strong track. Hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. They, they do. It's, I think it's, it's state-driven. Mm-hmm. It's by the, you know, the state has to approve it. And they jacked up the uh, takeout in California to help the racing, which it actually does the opposite. But we won't get into that. Anyway, it is bad. But if you bet a little and you can catch a $10,000 pick five, you know, the takeout won't matter that much. But I wouldn't regularly play the late pick five. If I'm going to play a pick five in California, I would focus on the on the early pick fives, just because you're getting so much better value from a takeout perspective. You are. The, the issue typically has been that, that if, if there's going to be a short field for some reason, the tracks are smart enough and they put, they put the low, the short fields into the early pick five and the big, big fields in the late pick five, because that's where they want to drive the betters to. Yeah. The quality of racing is always better in the later part of the card, but you know, so far at Del Mar, even the early card, hasn't been bad, right? You know, quality no, it's been great. It's been great. Been today's, much better. So, you know, that, that's why if you start, really a pick. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Today's today's pick five at Del Mar, which starts in just a few minutes, says really big fields. I mean, the, the the pick five has some very very large fields this evening. Are Are you playing it, Dennis? I already put a ticket in, uh, so <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I'm there. I can't. I can't resist, especially the early pick five when there's when there's big fields. It's uh, it, it's just too too good an opportunity. You know, we all know the takeout's a tough thing to beat in 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 our game. You know, overall, if you say that the the takeout average is about twenty percent between between flat bets and and exotic bets, um, you know, you got to be good to beat that takeout. 
And uh, when you can get opportunities to find a, a lower percentage, uh, you've got to take advantage of it. We are in agreement there. All right. Well, um, that will wrap it up. Uh, Do either of you guys have any spot plays uh, on the rest of the card? Personally, I haven't looked at anything in the first uh, six races tomorrow. I focus just on the late pick five. That's going to be a task for me for tomorrow morning. Yeah, I have a spot play, but it's at Woodbine. Um, The eighth race is a stakes race. The Niagara stakes going a mile and a quarter. And the one horse like the King is another one of these horses that got victimized by the, the terrible rail at Churchill in his last start. Um, he's a horse I've always kind of liked. He was on a triple crown trail last year that he was really meant for being more of a synth turf horse going long on the turf kind of makes sense for this horse. He draws the rail. He's 12 to one on the morning line. And again, his forms dirtied up because of that Churchill race. So, the number one, like the king in the Woodbine eighth, that's kind of a spot play. If anybody likes to play Woodbine or you just want some other action outside of the Del Mar and Saratoga, that's a play. And it should be noted that uh, don't take Chris's spot plays lightly. Last week, he gave out an exacta. He gave out two horses in the caress at Saratoga one. I didn't realize this till the next day because I was really busy on on the day. But I looked it up and he he picked Super Sensational and Robin Sparkles was the other horse he liked, and they came in Robin Sparkles over Super Sensational twenty to one over eight to one. So so definitely uh, consider them those spot plays of Chris as well. Well done, Chris. Yeah, I that you made a few bucks there. Yeah, that made my weekend. That was pretty <laughs> nice. Um, you know, paid. Uh, it was a nice exacta, uh, for sure. Okay, well, I would like to thank our guest, Dennis DeCower. Dennis, thanks for sharing your insight with us. Oh, you're welcome. Again, I enjoyed it. Uh, it's, uh, it it's a pleasure uh, reviewing the races with the two of you. So um, uh, thank you for the opportunity. All right, thank you. And that will conclude show number 183 of the Sport of Kings pod. Good luck at Del Mar and wherever else you play. And please enjoy the Brooklyn Boogaloo Blowout. I'll see you on Sport of Kings. Cheers. Giddy up.